the champ is here. The champ is here. I hit the blip at the beginning of the show. I never hit it. Hello, everybody. It's Peter Lappy, the platter right here on the bed. Hey, Dan. I have no idea how you did that, but it won't be repeated next week. No, there's a 0% chance. It got real lucky. Uh, I think I even caught your laughter on the track before it happened because it looked like it was going to mess up pretty badly. Well, then edit that out at the beginning. That's just one more edit. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Dame, welcome to the show. Uh, as of now, there's no one live stream on the live stream now. I had to reconnect the Pete the Planner Facebook page live. Uh, there's zero viewers right now, as well as YouTube. So, very popular show here on uh, the Pete the Planner Radio Network. Climbing the charts. We do have like 10 radio affiliates, though, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty cool if we shouted them out every once in a while. Uh, no, nah, not this week. Uh, Dame, literally no one is here. I don't know if it's wrong, if it's not connected. And I arguably don't care. No offense to anyone who joins us every week. Maybe they all organized and they decided to play a joke on oh, us. Here they week. come. Here they come. Hi, everybody. We see you joining now. Mark Zuckerberg was probably mad at me for all the trash I talk about facebook and so now we're back oh dame uh on the show this week we actually did a little pre-production exchange of ideas uh we've got three beautiful topics and they are as followed segment one will be should you opt out of the advanced child tax credit okay segment two is uh is this the greatest time ever for hustlers <laughs> and segment three why are these all questions? Did you notice this? <laughs> no, I hadn't, but... Yeah, it's embarrassing. Uh, segment three is, will shifting post-pandemic behavioral trends tank certain industries? Find out next on the page of the... It's like you're writing teases for news segments. I know. Hi, Mike. Uh, thanks for joining us, fellers. Uh, okay, uh, Dan, we'll start the show because after this, I've got to edit the show and then I have a business development meeting and we're having snacks delivered. Oh, man. Yeah, but all the beer that we had in the fridge here at the office uh, is pre-pandemic beer, so it's all like skunky and I've not bought more beer for the fridge here at the office. How much time do you have between this and the meeting? I don't. I should just send someone else who's going to be in the meeting to go buy us beer. Yeah. Uh, okay, three... Two, I'm not ready. Hold on. Uh, okay, ready? Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. And when you uh, email us, we may email you back. We may talk to you. Joining as always is uh, Damian Dunn. Hello, Dame, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line. And hey, money, that's quite the, quite the resume. Yes. Yes, it is. Hello. Hello. Uh, Dame, this week we've got three questions and no one emailed them. I, I, I asked these questions. These are things that I'm currently wondering about personally. So let's hit it. Dame, uh, this July, uh, meaning, oh, just a few days from now, the advanced child tax credit becomes part of American life. It is the uh, culmination of a lot of work to get more stimulus into the economy so people will spend money businesses will boom, people will get jobs, and we can put this COVID-19 vaccine situation behind us in, in so many different ways. I've just oversimplified it, but here's what's about to happen. If you have a child who is under the age of 18 and you qualify for the advanced child tax credit from an income perspective, what is going to happen is 
for every child that you have is five years old or younger, uh, July through December, you will receive $300 a month uh, on behalf of that child uh, via check from the Internal Revenue Service. Dame, if you've got a child who is six to 18 years old during the same time frame, you're going to receive $250 uh, per month. It's a $50 difference. Uh, and so no matter how many children you have and you qualify, those things are going to happen to you over the next six months. But my friend, as you know, there could be a problem if your financial situation in 2020 and your financial situation in 2021 are very, very different, if things have gotten a lot better, tell us why people need to think twice about accepting the advanced child tax credit. So the benevolence of the government, fantastic. I appreciate the, the little help, Uncle Sam may have to get turned right around and paid back to them if your income has gone up significantly, probably, uh, between 2020 and 2021. The credit is going to be based off of your tax returns for 2020. And despite uh, how things may have gone last year, things could very well be looking better this year, whether it's just work returning to normal, different job, bonuses, whatever the case may be. If you your income ends up being above the threshold, uh, some of that uh, child tax credit may be phased out or eliminated entirely. And you have to pay that money right back to Uncle Sam when you file your taxes next year. Pete, that might uh, that might put a little sting for some people uh, come next spring. So the thing is, people have got until June 28th, which is just a few days away. What is that, Monday? Is that what the yes. kids are calling it, Monday? Yeah. Monday, June 28th to opt out of the advanced child tax credit. That doesn't mean you're giving up the tax credit. It's just mean you're giving up the advance. So what will happen at tax time next year is if you qualified, then you will get the entire child tax credit at that time for and it will be credited for taxes paid inevitably, which would mean you would get a giant tax refund at that period of time. But but Dame, the danger here, like you said, is if someone's situation were to shift and they were to use this income now as the government wants you to to pump back into the economy instead of saving it, then what we're going to see is we're going to see at tax time next year, not only have you spent all that money, you don't necessarily have any money in savings and you're going to see people go into debt, go into tax debt, uh, and it could get uh, unintentionally ugly, but that's, I guess, the nature of sometimes what happens when the government gets involved. Yeah, I have seen that the government would be happy to work out a payment plan with you if this <laughs> uh, falls into your lap next spring, but let's just not get go there Let, let's figure out uh, if if you do qualify for it or we're gonna have to pay it back I, there are some calculators out there i believe the irs may actually have one on on their own website to determine whether or not you should be getting one and then figure out if you need to be given it back next spring so do a little bit of forethought and planning on this and potentially save yourself a lot of pain next spring to be fair don't most people know whether or not their 2021 will be better than their 2020. I mean, isn't that sort of an innate feeling that most people would have? I would think so. Uh, I, maybe some folks would uh, not be aware of the cutoffs, uh, the where the the phase outs, where the, the benefit starts to get uh, reduced as your income climbs. Uh, so that could p potentially present a little bit of a, a question mark for some folks. But if you're doing better this year, 
and you know you're going to be close to some of those cutoffs, go check it out. It's worth your time. It's worth the, the effort to make sure that you're going to put yourself in an advantageous position. Even if that means that you're going to forego some cash for the next six months, I'd much rather get a lump sum for a credit towards the end than, than have to write a check back to Uncle Sam for some of it. I'm with you. It, when in doubt in this particular situation, I would. When in doubt, opt out. <laughs> right? Yeah. That That's clean. Darn that is clean. When in doubt, opt out. I would because let's say your situation has, has gotten better. And let's say you've got four kids. That's a lot of money that, that you're going to have to pay back. And depending on how much your situation has shifted, you may not be in a position that you're going to get a giant tax front uh, refund anyway, because this is how this would work. If if you don't end up qualifying and you otherwise would have would have gotten a pretty giant tax refund, um, you know, ignorant of the tax credit itself, Dame, you know, not qualifying for this tax credit and you got all that money, it would then lessen the amount of a refund you were to get. However, if your financial realities shifted to the point where you weren't going to get a refund this year anyway, and this truly isn't, uh, you know, a refundable tax credit, then then you're in trouble. You're absolutely in trouble. And if your situation changed that much from 2020 to 2021, it, it could be reasoned that you haven't rebuilt your emergency funds yet, and you're not going to have access to $7,200 to have to pay back if you had four kids, right? There you go. Yeah, so if you find yourself in the situation where you, you don't opt out for whatever reason, but you don't necessarily need the money for expenses right away, plan on how you're going to spend that money. Maybe you set some of it aside just in case because you know your situation got better. You want to make sure you've got some some cash sitting aside for come next spring. So do some thinking about it. Don't just go out and spend it on the, the latest uh I don't know, Xbox or PlayStation or iPhone or whatever it is out there for your kids because that's money's supposed to go for the kids, right, Pete? Right, Pete? Uh, it's for the kids. I, I will say a couple other things. Uh, Heather on Facebook Live just asked, how do you log uh, or how do you opt out? Because when in doubt, opt, opt out. out. Yeah. Uh, go to irs.gov and there is an opt out link there. Um, you have to log in and verify your ID. It's a little bit of a pain in the... Uh... <laughs> the other thing to consider is Dame, this is just actually a bigger conversation about are you giving the government a loan? You know, that whole thing of you should actually uh, be even around tax time or or you should owe at tax time because at that point in time, you have gotten better use of your money and you're not just getting a big chunk at the end of the year. That's sort of the expert financial advice, but I tend to disagree with that. I think you have to know your own behavior and what works better in your own financial life. Some people are amazing at budgeting month to month and taking that additional increase and doing good things with it. Most people aren't. And I think for me, if I were to get a vote, I would rather just get a refund because I can just take it in a chunk and uh, put it into an investment or something like that. What about you? How, how, do, how do you think about that? I used to take the real tough guy stance of, you know, be <laughs> even around tax time and you don't want to give them the the loan and blah, blah, blah. You know what? As you get older, you learn stuff and people have different ways of managing their finances or not managing their finances. And sometimes that uh, almost forced savings that you get back with that refund can really help people out uh, in the long run. So uh, if that's the approach you take, I just uh, encourage you to use the money wisely when you get that refund back. It's good to know I'm not the only one that has former tough guy takes. 
and that that sort of old age has mellowed me out. So you too, that's good to know. Dame, coming up after the break, yet another question. Is this the greatest time ever for hustlers who want to improve their financial life with high-paying second jobs? We'll explore that next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm that fella. Uh, it's just a, I just wrote these segments as teases. Dan. You did, yeah. It's perfect. You see Danza's uh, in the house. What's up, Danza? Good day to you. Dame, can I tell you, I'm uh, sort of woke up bummed out today, which it sort of trivializes what I'm about to tell you I'm bummed out about because it's just sort of a weird way to say I'm upset. I'm so upset about that building collapse down in Florida. It's I, uh, horrific. I hadn't, I mean, I had heard about it, but I hadn't seen any real detailed pictures or anything. And then there was one that I saw on, online that was just, uh, you know, the, the building had collapsed and there was a bunk bed just sitting right on the, the edge of part of the collapse. And it, that, that's what kind of hit home. Cause you, you know, bunk beds, you think kids and, and whatnot. Oh. And it's just, what a horrible situation. Yeah. I mean, as of uh 12.06 Eastern, 12.06 PM Eastern time on Friday, the 25th, 159 people are still missing and four people are confirmed dead. And it's just such a, yeah. Yeah. Again, to call it a bummer, sounds like I'm trivializing it or being glib, but it's awful. It's just like a weird vibe I got going <clears throat> about this. All right, Dame, uh, let's hit segment number two, talking about hustlers. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, it occurred to me this week as people get back to work or don't get back to work and employers are having a hard time finding bartenders and, and, and waiters and all sorts of things. You know, what a great time. What a great opportunity for that certain individual who is willing to grind, like really uh, dedicate a lot of their 168 hours a week to better themselves, to fix a financial uh, fault to to strengthen their financial situation. What a beautiful time. I mean, Dame, a second job could get you 15, 16 bucks an hour. Uh, and you usually don't see that sort of thing going on, right? Not at all. I mean, prior to this whole uh, ordeal that we've faced over the last 18 months, 12 months, whatever it is, um, you think you know, side jobs, man, you're going to be doing a lot of work for not a whole lot of money. But you start talking about doing uh, low commitment jobs for 14, 15 bucks an hour, that can make a big difference in pretty short order in a number of areas of your life. Uh, you reduce debt, increase savings, maybe put some away for, uh, for long-term investments, build that emergency fund. And once you hit that goal, as one of the rules that we've created is make sure that your money for that second job has a job. You know, it's not just sitting there doing nothing. But once you hit that goal, you can walk away and get back to life as you know it or knew it and move on. So second jobs, I think right now, hustling is going to be really in vogue, or at least it should be because you can make a big difference in a short amount of time. I will see post great recession, post great recession, not to be confused with the great depression. So 2008, 2009, that's when we saw the gig economy really become a thing. Uh, we've got Uber, you've got DoorDash and all that. And, and, and DoorDash, arguably, and um, Instacart and all those sorts of things are an offering that people are taking advantage of still. 
I don't know about Uber. I don't, I don't know how many people are jumping into a person's car, uh, not knowing sort of their uh, situation. But I will say this, unlike 2008 and 2009, these jobs that are available aren't necessarily gig economy workers. They are traditional retail workers and traditional uh, food service workers. And I know that those positions are being reevaluated as to how fair they are from a compensation percentage. Uh, however, I have to say, I think the opportunity is is actually larger than, than in previous years. And on top of that, Dame, you know who is uh, making the most of this time are our teenagers. Some of the highest teenage employment rates in years because of these really fat and nice paying jobs for someone in that position. Yeah, I, if you're a teen looking for a job to either make a little spending money or start putting some cash away for college or, or college, just uh, normal expenses that you experience when you're in college, man, this is a great time. You know, go bag groceries for you know a previously unthought of amount of money, uh, depending on the location of the country that you're in. But the opportunities out there, just like you said, they're they're not just relegated to one specific industry. It seems like you can find them just about anywhere. If you've got the uh, right amount of time and the right amount of desire, you can make some significant cash. I think the other interesting thing is you're seeing more 14-year-olds employed than just in about any other time. In the state of Indiana, at least, that's generally the threshold for work. You have to get a work permit. It's like this whole thing. Uh, but my daughter, who is 12, um, going on 40, sh she has great interest in working right now. She she can't. Um, but I know when she's 14, she will work. I, you know, in, what's funny in Indiana, again, there are rules around how old you have to be. You can be as young as 12 and be a sports referee. You just have to referee kids who are younger than you. Of course, we could also argue that that is a very dangerous job to be a youth sports referee in today's day and age. But Dame, if you think about who are the big winners, which is sort of, again, a gross way to look at this, who are the big winners based on this employment issue going on right now? If teenagers, teenagers, because adults aren't taking these jobs, good, bad, or otherwise, for whatever reasons, teenagers are jumping in and getting this, which, I mean, I don't want to extrapolate this out too far, but could this lead to a decrease in student loan debt? Could this lead to uh, increased financial security at the beginning of an actual work career? I mean, can we make those hypotheses? It would could certainly uh, lead to a decrease of aid available because of how weighted the uh, the student income is versus parents' income or savings, mm. um, which is, I'm not saying that's a reason to not go out and get a job and learn all the lessons that you would learn in uh, an employment role, uh, but it could have a, a ripple effect down the down the stream as well. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. I mean, if kids are in high school making you know, 15 bucks an hour doing a, you know, a high school level type job, it'll be interesting to see what they expect when they come out of college with a four-year degree and, and uh, see if the wages have shifted to accommodate their expectations. At the risk of beleaguering this next point more than we should, I feel like I've read just about every article or analysis or opinion about why there's so many job openings. And of course, that conversation begins with the unemployment uh, benefits and extension of that and that going away. And, and, and I think that has some to do with it, certainly. But Dame, I, I've come to believe that there's just a lot more at play here. 
if, if I had to guess in terms of a percentage of why this is, I buy the idea that people have decided what they once thought was fair compensation it, it, for the work is no longer fair compensation for the work. Okay, so I'm there. Here's where I need your help. I can't figure out how the rest of that story plays out then. If, if someone decides that this is not fair to get paid this wage for this work, okay, cool. So, so what's happening? I've read some thoughts that people are then taking on more responsibility, you know, taking on higher payer job paying jobs, but where are those jobs coming from? You know? Yeah. I, I think I agree entirely with your premise that it's almost like an unorganized union movement where people say, you know what, the, the, the job is not worth what you're paying me. So I'm not going to do it anymore. And therefore the employer is forced to uh, potentially raise, raise the wages, not raise the rages. That'd be huh. interesting. That'd be interesting. Um, and it's driving the that side of the cost up for the employer. So how does that play out in the long run? I mean, in theory, if it was a little less unorganized or maybe a little less publicized, then the employer sits back and waits and says, you know, somebody will fill this job for the wages that I am used to paying. But right now, whether it's social media pressure or uh, just local pressure or just the fact that they need people to fill the jobs, wages are being raised. And I think once they go up, it's going to be really hard for them to play to, to come back down. So they're just going to have new rules to play by going forward. It's a really unique confluence of circumstances. Yeah, I, uh, our coworker Chad Force was telling me he saw he was on vacation last week in South Carolina and saw a sign at an Arby's that said a seven hundred and fifty dollars signing bonus. You know, and based on the hours that person would have at Arby's, that's like two weeks worth mm -hmm. of wages. So it is really uh, sometimes with uh, economics, you, you try to remove yourself from the situation and sort of observe what's going on. But this is all really happening in real time. And, and there's a, there's a lot of lives at stake with this whole thing, as there always are. But boy, am I interested to see how this thing plays out. I will leave this segment with the following thought. If you have it in you over the next six months to grind and and there's nothing wrong with ambition that like this is like this is what you want to do don't feel the pressure this is what you want to do if that is your thing i think you can make a ton of money in the next six months and i think you can set your financial life on the right foot for a very 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 long time yeah i agree i, I think now is the time if you have any desire go out make some cash make a difference all right so let's do this, Dame. Coming up after the break, which industries are going to suffer because of the comeback of the economy? All that's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Tracy, uh, watching on Facebook Live, gave the uh, angry face emoji. You know, so you can always see that come in. Yeah. But you never know what we said. Yeah. The, so is it is she's angry at us or is she angry at an idea that also concerns us? That's the thing with the angry face emoji is you just don't know where the anger exists. We're just left to speculate. Uh, my man Pinkins says uh, his nephews are in high school and have had the luxury of job hopping, chasing top dollar. I know. I know. Man, I wish my daughter was 14 and sometimes because I, I, she would love to work and I would love for her to work. How frustrating is it for that those employers though? For you know, they, there's a a 
pool of, of teenagers that are willing to work and yet they're the ones controlling everything. They're, they know they're in demand and they can jump from one job to another job and they know that there's going to be another opening for them. Danza notes, DoorDash recently reduced their base pay by 50 to 75 cents and gig workers are freaking out. No way McDonald's can cut their opening wage once it's been brought up. That That's, that's where we're at, right? So that's why it sounds so cold though. The economics of this, like the, just the, okay, so what's going to happen? DoorDash makes that move. Other people are raising their wages. People are going to leave DoorDash and, and go work at Arby's. I doubt it. You don't think so? Nope, I don't. I think a lot of people would rather stay with DoorDash, something that's more flexible, something they can do on their own time. And uh, I don't know, it don't, doesn't have the stigma of working in a fast food joint. They'd, they'd rather just uh, cart the stuff from one point to another. I don't know. I could be wrong. Speaking of DoorDash, uh, I'm ordering snacks for this business development meeting that's happening after this. And so I got to, you know, I'm doing this as we're going here. What do you think? You're multitasking? No, you've never known me to do that. What's, that's uh, Yeah. So Dan says uh, DoorDash is so flexible. There's no way. Yeah. See, this is, this is why it's interesting. Yeah. I, I gladly give up a little bit of, uh, potential income to know that I could do it on my own time and wasn't beholden to somebody else's needs. Beholden. Fantastic. All right, Dame. Um, let's do this. Let's do another segment. I do have to order snacks though. I mean, this is tough. I mean, what to do. Okay. And three, two, one back on the pizza planner show. Dame, you know, as we talk about uh, what is going on with uh, the economy, some businesses are definitely recovering. The travel industry, we, we visited this idea in December of 2020. We began to make some predictions of who's going to do well, who's going to do poorly, what's going to happen. And well, we're halfway through the year. So let's begin to examine some of our predictions and, and more importantly, um, like what's going to happen? Like the trends that led to success in 2020 for like Zoom and at-home fitness companies like Peloton and grocery stores, like what has the first six months of 2021 taught us and, and what's going to happen going forward? So is there any low-hanging fruit that, that you want to comment on before we get started here? I'm curious just to see where you're going to take this. Let's, uh, let's wander into your mind and see what comes out. I want to start with Peloton and I want to start with at home fitness and for a very specific reason, Peloton companies like Peloton, I, I don't have to disclaim and say all the ones I'm talking about because I don't want to have to think about them. Um, they were set up for 2020. Like it was just like a brilliant time. It's like, Hey, I need inspiration. I need good fitness. I need a good user experience if I'm locked in my home and here's a bike, here is a ton of, uh, demand for the bike. There's a, you know, it's back ordered months. So it's a, re, it's a relatively good thing except for the back ordering part. But then what happened early in 2021, which really threw me for this whole thing is Peloton had all those recall issues with their treadmill, where their treadmill had killed a kid and they had injured a bunch of other kids. And it was like, it's like, okay, so that's a problem. And then you think, well, gyms are opening back up. So therefore that's going to be further down. Well, ended, what ended up happening, Dame, is that, um, yes, they're stank, they're stank, 
<laughs> their stock got beat. <laughs> What's happening? Their stock got beat up, right? Because of the recall thing, but it has taken off they're still doing big business they're continuing to innovate they just released or announced within the last week that they've got a new heart rate monitor that attaches to the arm as opposed to across your chest which makes for a better experience so dame i think uh i was i was wrong i thought peloton was gonna really struggle in 2021 but it doesn't seem like they are i go back and forth on this uh, on whether or not the home fitness industry is going to continue with the, the the levels of of sales that they had last year or if there's going to be a natural decline i mean not a lot of people like to go to a gym anyway i mean it's it's uh you know time consuming and then sometimes it's intimidating and then you've got the whole health aspect of people potentially being sick around you and you laying on sweaty benches and grabbing all sorts of disgusting stuff but if you can have a good experience inside your own home for potentially a largely one-time fixed cost if you're looking at you know weights or you know devices that aren't tech enabled something like that there's a draw to that so you, you can just have uh, more places to hang your clothes when you quit working out right i mean it's just uh, adding other furnishings to your home that you can potentially sell on craigslist later but the home fitness industry had some success, moderate success before the pandemic launched during the pandemic and I think they might be here to stay. I think it might be just the new normal for a lot of people on how they choose to exercise. Yeah, I have to say, uh, I hope that the home fitness craze starts to die out so I can actually get some decent prices on dumbbells. <laughs> they got so expensive during the pandemic. Like if you wanted to add anything, it was it was ridiculous. It, it's one of those things where the prices almost tripled in some cases because of demand and supply issues, which of course is a form of inflation as well. Uh, next topic, Dame, next, next, uh, prediction. We thought grocery store habits were going to, we're going to stick around for a little while. These people's, uh, new idea around what it is to, to eat and, and consume food at home. But look, if restaurants are booming, then something's got to happen to food costs. It's not like you can have high dining out levels and high grocery levels because it just doesn't make sense. There's only so many mouths where the food's going to go. Now, labor issues are certainly a, a pulling down the you know restaurants. So, so what do you think? Are our grocery stores going to continue to hang on, or are we going to see uh, where it was pre-pandemic, where people spent more on dining out than they did on groceries? I think the bottleneck in that whole scenario there is labor at the restaurants. I, there have been a couple restaurants that my family has gone to that we walk in, you know, parking lot looks moderately busy. Nobody's necessarily waiting in the lobby, but they tell us it's going to be a 45 minute wait because they only have two servers in the entire building. And, and so you, you're you know, locking yourself into uh, significantly less than capacity as far as the number of people or chairs that you can, you can sit or tables you can turn. And that's going to be frustrating for a lot of people. So I think there's still going to be a, an interesting balance between uh, people's dining habits, whether they continue to buy uh, their food through the grocery and make it at home, or if they need that break, that mental break, just to change things up and go out to a restaurant and being able to get to the ones you actually want because they may or may not have enough help to, to get you your food. I don't have a real good opinion on where that one's going to go, Pete, because I, I think it's yet to be determined as the employees wages get worked out and they can get up to full staff home renovations 
So now the price of lumbers come back down. What was becoming so prohibitive within that industry was the time to be able to get someone to come in and work at your house because of demand. And then the costs were getting astronomical. I think as people go out and about, spend money on vacations again and travel again, then that money simply isn't there to spend on home renovations. My, my theory was the money that people were spending on vacations, they were then spending on home renovations. Dame, do you think home renovations continue their trend? And instead of people using their vacation money, they're using home equity. Do, do you think that's what's next? I think home renovations still have another good 12 to 24 months to go before we really start seeing them taper off, at least locally with the contractors that I've talked to, they just, they, they don't know how they're going to fill all the business that they're, they're getting at this point. So at some point it'll normalize, you know, whether people will just decide, you know what, I, I don't want to renovate this house. I want to move to a different house and they, they go that route. But in the meantime, yeah, there's, there's going to be people that are just saying, you know what, we're not going to go on vacation this year. We'll take that money or we'll, we'll take some equity out of the house and renovate it and, and live here for another five, 10, 15 years and go that way. But it's, I think that one's still got some runway. All right. So then the final one I want to hit is sort of at home entertainment in the forms of streaming. I, I have to admit, I think we picked up at least one streaming service within the last 18 months or so, a subscription streaming service. And I feel like a lot of other people did too. Dame, what do you think happens there with, you know, Netflix and Disney plus and the Peacock and all, Paramount? I mean, all of the, everyone has a network now. Do you think in the coming 12 months that those services begin to suffer? I'm not going to pick a winner or loser in that group necessarily, but I think the overall uh, money spent on streaming is going to remain really high. I, I think people's consumption of entertainment has changed probably uh, for good at this point. I don't think movies are probably going to return to what they were pre-pandemic levels. And people will choose to sit at home and, and uh, enjoy a, a flick on the couch or stream chip and joanna I, who knows I, i'm not sure uh, what direction y you uh, lean on your entertainment preferences but man it sure is nice to be able to just sit at home and enjoy stuff can you tell me a little bit about chip and joanna i don't know what oh is that what is that chip i don't and joanna gains i have no idea what that means is that like a fitness competition what is it yeah that's exactly what it is no, what is it like, like american I... ninja uh chip and joanna gains uh, renovate houses and oh. then Joanna's got about a million other things that she does. They've got a magazine and uh, all sorts of stuff. No, oh. well, that sounds very innovative. Are they in Texas? Yeah. Okay. I feel That's like maybe the... I have it. Do they have another brand? Is there? Is it just like chipping? No, no, no. It's yeah. Fixer Upper was was the original show that came out, but they do have a a brand. I can't think of what it is because I'm not in that cult. No. Oh. Uh, any other industry that you want to make a prediction? We've got about 30 seconds left. Anything else that you see falling off because of how the trends in spending are going on? <sighs> Nothing that's going to jump to my mind. Um, if only I had more time to think about this. Yeah. All right, Dame, let's do this. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week in the news. And I have a person, Magnolia. That's the name, Mary Lou. Thank you. I have a very important thing to tell you about biggest waste of money of the week. I personally witnessed it, and I want to share it with you next. Right here on the Pete the Planner Show, I'm Pete the Planner. I just ordered uh, snacks while we're doing this. I'm glad I could help you with that. Yeah, Magnolia Home. That's right. That's what I thought it was. That's good to hear, right? There you go. I don't know. Is it? Sure. All right, Dame. Um, yeah. 
I, I, I personally witnessed this biggest waste of money of the week and it, it sort of blew my mind. And I've been laughing about it for three or four days. By witnessed, you mean you did it? No, that would be experienced. I, I witnessed it. I, I, I saw that it was something for purchase. I discussed it with the clerk at the store and let them know that no one in the world buys that. Well, I thought maybe you were just trying to deflect by using the word witness instead of experience. That's fair. That's fair, but that's not the direction I was going with it. Okay. Um, all right, you ready to go here? Yeah. I want to... I'm checking something real quick. You got more snacks to order? I've ordered the snacks. You, can you have uh, somebody deliver from uh, your local liquor store of choice? We, I got snacks from Hopcat. If you're uh, in central Indiana, you know what that means. They've got their cosmic fries, meathead pizza rolls, and buffalo rolls. It's an unhealthy snack business development meeting today. So what are you going to eat? Those things. But I'm just going to... All right. In three, two, one... This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is, Dame, I have a story to tell you. Please. From time to time, I will buy my wife uh, flowers, right? The rule of thumb is you never do that when you're in trouble or when you've done something wrong. You never as an apology. I, I feel like that gets in a weird direction. Mm -hmm. So I front load the situation when everything's going fine. And I'll just go buy her flowers from time to time. Okay. Are, we, are we tracking so far? Sure, yeah. And by the way, this whole story is not a means for me to tell people how I buy my wife flowers. And you'll see why in a second. Okay. So I go into the store, the flower shop, as they call it, oh. the florist. And I, I pick out some flowers. Uh, they were some Gerber daisies. They were lovely. I take them to the counter, I check it out. And behind the counter is they often have samples of things you can buy. You know, sometimes they'll have balloons hanging up on the wall, different Mylar balloon selection that you're going to like kids third birthday with Dora the Explorer screaming. I see a balloon that's right behind the counter. It's, it's, it's inflated. It's a Mylar balloon. And it says, I'm sorry. But it's got like a smiley face. And, and it's not like a sympathy balloon. It's an apology balloon. And I'm thinking to myself, who in the world buys an apology balloon? And what is the occasion in which an apology balloon is appropriate unless the apology balloon is tied to like the side mirror of a brand new Mercedes or something? Like who buys an I'm sorry balloon? And then it occurred to me, dumb men. Dumb men. Damn, I know you don't do anything wrong ever uh, that would frustrate your life partner. However, if you brought her an I'm sorry balloon and just left it at that and said, we're all fixed, how would that go? I'm not even sure how to answer because I'm not that dumb. I, I, I right. wouldn't do that. Uh, if my spouse thinks otherwise, I'm sure she'll comment here shortly in the stream and we'll all know. Uh, I'm trying to think of uses for that balloon. I, I mean, is that the one that you uh, tie to... The roadkill alongside of the road. It just says, I'm sorry. And, yeah. And floats. Yeah. I, I, you're right. Yeah. Get well soon. Yeah. Like on the, the, the stiff deer leg yeah. that has been hit by a truck. Um, yeah. So Dame, I think if anyone were to buy an I'm sorry balloon and give it to another, to a kid, like, do you, like for some reason you, you want to apologize to your kid for doing something wrong. And I and like bring Ted and I'm sorry balloon, like that could work. But I mean, that's a weird flex. Seems a little disingenuous. I think so. Huh. 
What? Any other balloons that caught your mind or caught your eye while you're in there? I spent the remainder of the transaction discussing that. And the, the, the florist behind the counter, he goes, he goes, I try to talk men out of buying that. I was like, well, thank you for your service, sir. So they do sell them. Oh, well, I mean, Occasion. either that or as Danza points out on Facebook Live right now, it sounds more like a sorry, not sorry balloon. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so true. Dane, what's in the news this week? High school seniors are filling out more financial aid forms than they were in the midst of the pandemic in the autumn of 2020 when there were record high drops in co uh, completions. But as of June 11th, 2021, filings for the FAFSA were still down a whopping 5.3% from a year ago, which does not bode well for college going into the fall of 2021. FAFSA filings remain especially depressed at high schools with higher concentrations of students of color in rural areas and small towns as well as low-income schools everywhere. FAFSA filings are seen as a leading indicator of future college enrollment because students need to fill out the form to obtain financial aid, including grants, loans, and work-study jobs, important steps for most students in the college application process. More than half of the nation's 3.8 million high school seniors typically fill out the form every year, and even a one or two percentage point drop is considered a big change. So do you think this story indicates exactly what it's suggesting or do you think it's a little more complex than that there's some other factors because what we're what, what you're saying is the enrollment cliff has started four years early because mm -hmm. the enrollment cliff was coming 2025 significantly less kids to go to school so dame this could be that that has started that's the sort of the decline in kids that age is just a, a demographic thing so that it could be that or it could be the realities of the pandemic of having people say, look, I, I had a chance to you know, redefine, reconsider, reexamine, and I'm not doing that. What, what do you think it is? I think it's probably the second one. I think families are reevaluating the appropriateness of, of the student going to college, especially uh, at, at this point in time. A bit of information that was in the article that I didn't include here is that uh, students are already enrolled in college are completing the FAFSA at higher rates than they have previously. Okay, which, that's interesting. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming that means the family wants to make sure they are getting all the assistance they possibly can uh, as early as they can. Uh, but first-year students or new, new students at this point have not filled it out as much. So if that actually indicates that uh, fewer students are considering going to college, that could speed up this process of getting us to an enrollment cliff and then – who knows what happens? I have another hypothesis. Please. What if kids not being in school at school in high school uh, means they were not exposed to the guidance counselor and college uh, advising departments of their high schools that tell parents and kids to do that? And it just got left behind. And so people just have out of ignorance not applied because they don't know to apply. Well, that would be a horrible situation. I, I think you could uh, qualitatively say that that might be part of the reason why. A new credit card would allow users to convert reward points into cash to buy a home. Real estate startup Built is joining with Evolve Bank and Trust and MasterCard to launch the Built card earlier this week. Okay. The Users can accumulate reward points through rent and other spending and then put those points toward rent, other purchases, or even a down payment on a house. 
When a card, go, uh, card user goes to buy a home, Built says it will convert the reward points into cash and deposit the money into the home sale escrow account. I mean, this is simply just a marketing mechanism of rewards, uh, cash back. I'm not mad at it. Like I, I, I systematically don't have any issue with it. How about you? Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's just uh, an, another lever that a credit card company can pull to try and uh, entice people to spend money on that particular card. But it's exactly as you said, just another rewards program, a very focused rewards program uh, at this point, but uh, just another way to try and help yourself out. What else is in the news? I think we have time for one more story. Strict NCAA limits on compensating college athletes violates U.S. antitrust law, the Supreme Court ruled unanimously on Monday. The decision upheld lower court rulings that the NCAA unlawfully limited schools from competing for player talent by offering better benefits to the detriment of college athletes. The NCAA must allow colleges to recruit athletes by offering them additional compensation and benefits as long as they're tied to an education. Can I tell you, I both feel... I have so many complex thoughts over this. Uh, not only did the NCAA lose in the Supreme Court case, they got blanked. They got blanked. 9-0. Like, yeah. that's that's a skunk. Yeah. That's a lot of stank. Yeah, that's, that's the athlete standing there just saying scoreboard at this point. Here's what's going to happen. Mass confusion, uh, as well as schools and boosters are going to come up with these marketing packages that essentially pay athletes to come to their school. They're going to say, um, oh, you want to go here instead of here? Well, this car dealership will do this or that, and you endorse the car dealership. And so you, good, bad, or otherwise, what this is going to be is kids specifically uh, being offered top dollar to particular schools as opposed to, which I think the spirit of the rule is, you go to a school, you have some level of performance, and you can take advantage of the name that you make based on that performance. I'm not saying one's wrong and one's right, but I think that's what's going to end up happening. I'm not sure how this is going to play out, but I, I suspect that the rich will get richer in, in this case, and uh, the smaller schools will struggle, and uh, the only real winners will be the athletes. Well, good point. for the kids, honestly, yeah. because it's like, you know, for so long, it's they're the ones getting people in the stands yeah. and then everyone else is making money. So good for them. Dan, that's all we have time for this week. I want to remind you specifically, I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. Because I bought snacks for the meeting, I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the show. But the thing is, we don't have beer. Like We have a bottle of champagne in there, but I mean, it seems like a little aggressive to open a bottle of champagne at a business development meeting. I mean, is we do have a good the gas station across the parking lot sell beer? I don't know. Send one might need to I, find out. I know. Um, Dame, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I think we have one graduation party. I think that is it. Other than that, oh. uh, spending time around the house and getting caught up on some stuff that's been unfortunately ignored. My honeydew list has grown to something astronomical. So this weekend will be, I guess, the manifestation of, you know, instead of flowers, I'm doing work for my wife. So. Go figure. I may actually have to pick your brain on uh, something I'm trying to learn that uh, involves uh, audio video stuff. So, Oh, okay. Well, if it doesn't go well, you can always buy me an I'm Sorry balloon. Dame, that's it for this week. I love you all for watching. I mean, it's a little aggressive. I, I feel pretty good about you. But I do need you to know this. Stay getting money.